Ross, welcome to our Overtime Penalty Show. I'm here with David and Lewis. Yo. Hey, we're still here, guys. And this is Bobby. Uh, David has a... He, just recently, he got to spend time with a Galaxy legend. I, I, I'm really excited to hear this story. Uh, go ahead, dude. So, Make us all jealous, David. <laughs> so just a little. On, uh, on Saturday after the Galaxy game, um, I got to have a... Nice little conversation with some uh, El Salvadorian, uh, really legends. A uh, good friend of mine uh, that I work with, uh, who is uh, who's a, re- a director on the show that I uh, that I work on. Um, his good friend Oscar, who has written a, a couple of films, and the one and only Mauricio Cienfuegos. Um, so I got to hang out with him. For a little bit after uh, after the Galaxy game on Saturday, really cool. um, I got to to hear him talk about his thoughts on soccer, on the team, on the on on on, on everything, and it, it was it was it really was special. Um, I I uh, I was really happy. Probably one of the the coolest things about it was seeing what a what a class guy Mauricio Sanfuegos is. Um, he as we were talking um, on the concourse, every Galaxy fan that came up to him, he stopped. He took the time to take a picture. He talked with them for a second. I mean, the dude loves the um, the fans. He loves when people come to him and 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 wanna wanna you know get a get a picture with him and and this and that. And what what was amazing to me was. I saw the difference in in which Galaxy fans came up and recognized this guy's greatness and which ones were, you know, sort of um didn't recognize didn't him. recognize him, didn't didn't sort of know know who who was who they were they were in the presence of. Um and and I and I found it interesting that that, that was there. I mean, you know, not obviously um you know, you could be a fan from the first game or you can be a fan from the last game. Uh, you know, every, everybody has a, a, a starting point to the team. Um, but one thing that I think is holds, holds very special to fans that were, um, that were there from, you know, from early on from was, was having that, was having Sin Fuegos as our original number 10. Um, the guy, the guy loves the loves the team. He loves the 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 organization. He loves everything about the galaxy, um, and you you see it. You see it in his interactions with the fans. You see it in the way he talks about the team, the way he talks about soccer, the way he feels about the direction of of the team, and and the other thing that was very clear to me is this guy wants to be the coach. He wants to coach this team. So I'm I'm asking I'm now here to ask you guys had things been a little bit different and at the beginning of the season instead of announcing Kurt Anolfo they announced Mauricio Sanfuegos how would you guys feel That would be shocking to me That'd be crazy to me I don't know I don't know how he would be as a coach but that I mean I would be happy but that's just because I like him <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't think that the situation changes much because if you're criticizing Kern Awful for being underqualified, here's a guy who has absolutely no experience as a coach taking over 
this organization. Um, it would still fall in line with the, uh, you know, what we are promoting within and, you know, the former players or the, the alumni of the Galaxy, so to say. So it would still kind of fit that narrative. But because it's Cienfuegos, you would feel a little bit more like, okay, I'm more willing to give this a chance to see what's going on. Yeah. But I, I think that it's because of that star power that you I wouldn't would be, be shitting bricks right now the way that Kernoff, when Kernoffel was... Uh, was but one, but one thing that does worry me though is what if you know that happened? Let's just let's live that fantasy, and he was a horrible coach. Will we start disliking him? Will we change our views about him? Um, I think I don't want that to happen. I think for the most part, you can make the separation. You can make the separation between uh, somebody who was a a great player for you. But maybe it wasn't a great coach. I mean, you look at Maradona, was, has his star been diminished in Argentina that, because he, he's not a good coach? That, yep. That's actually... Because that changes. Th- that's that a, changes very easily. That's a good... Within, and, and, within it goes, and the thing is, it goes both ways. Uh, Maradona is one of those, however, one of those larger-than-life you know, personalities. So that kind of outweighs and kind of went with what he did for the Argentinian team. So to have a coach, you know, and the same thing could be said for uh, Hugo Sanchez of Mexico, who was probably one of their greatest players and then probably one of their worst coaches in history. It goes both ways. Uh, The last image that we've got of one of the greatest players of his generation, Zidane, the last image we had of him was him at going the all-star, at the, at the all-star at the All Star at the All Star game, game today. Yeah, um, <laughs> that is literally the, the, side last the, the, sideline. the last image we got for him as a player. You guys, another yes, yes, sentence yes, yes, was yes, him yes. losing his damn mind and yeah. headbutting uh, <laughs> another player to get kicked out of the uh, of the World Cup final, and the, his team ends up losing. And that's the last image that you saw him as a player. You kind of saw him as a villain, mm-hmm. and then he turns around and. Is MLS All Star champion? <laughs> I mean, yeah. crap. Uh, so no, what a, no but, but you know, what he, a turnaround that guy is. Yeah, right. but he comes into uh, probably the the, the the most historic team in uh, all of Europe, wins pretty much more trophies than he had losses at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a remarkable turnaround, and his career—not his career, but his his image suddenly his just legacy. his legacy was you know was enhanced. I think with Cienfuegos, he will always be that Galaxy Legend player, but the you, you know his, his legacy. coaching legacy that can still be tarnished. Um, sure, but I also think that this. So for me, Mauricio Cienfuegos is is the type of guy where you you see what he's like. You when you hear him talk about soccer and how he feels about the the development in the United States, he talks about how you know. American players aren't given that ability to to create, to be creative, to 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 express themselves on the field. He talks about how American players want they want to turn them into robots. They want them to, you know, they do all the analytics on. He's he's I I, I very much think that he's anti analytics here, Lewis. Well, he's a very um, different player. He's, for yeah, sure. he's he's a guy that comes from a different era. Era. And a different place. I mean, he made a World Cup ex- appearance, yes, Lewis? Yeah. 1982. I be- uh, well, maybe he didn't make an appearance, no. but he was on that team. Was he really on that team? I believe so. That far back? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, 
uh, in the last time that El Salvador has qualified for a World Cup. The only time El Salvador. Uh, the only time El Salvador has qualified for a World Cup. He was on a team as like a 14 or 15 year old kid. But I mean, you know, that's that's where he is at that at that level. Um, probably one of the greatest players that come out of El Salvador. Um, and he, I mean, like I said, it's really clear. This guy wants to be the coach of the galaxy. He doesn't want to coach El Salvador. El Salvador is a whole different bag of cats. He does not want to deal with that right now. I love cats. He wants the galaxy. And (laughs) to me, I said, why aren't we giving this, giving this guy one of the youth teams. I mean, I think he's working with the like the U16s right now, but he's not the coach and he's not the technical director of those teams. Mm-hmm. Give him Galaxy 2. Let him bring these guys up. Let him mentor these young kids and teach them how to love the game. So the, the interesting thing about this is that when you're telling me this about how American players aren't taught to be creative and they're, you know... They're, they're bred to be robots and, to, you know, they're all about analytics. Um, the first thing I think of is Klinsman. And, um, but it is a different situation. If you get a hold of a youth program, you can instill creativity where Klinsman already had veterans and guys who were like, I can't, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. This is the way that they were brought up. There's no way that you're going to be able to instill something new um, and that's why Klinsman had Mission Impossible going it's, into it, it, into that job. It, it's funny that you mentioned Klinsman because that's something that he said. Um, he talked about youth development, and he said it, what he talked about is his how much he loves Germany. He's like, you look at the way that Germany plays. He's like, they put a billion dollars into their youth development, and it took them twenty years, but. Look at the way they play now. Look at look at the the level of talent that they're producing. Is they they took the total football uh, from from Cruyff from 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 Holland, and they ingrained it into their soccer culture. But it took that long for it to bear fruit, and that's what he's he's like. The United States has the resources to do this. Mm-hmm. They can do this one hundred percent, and they're just not doing it. So and, and and like and and to me, I'm just like, oh my god, somebody, give him a team. It sounds like Pareja. Very much so. That's why I think that having Mauricio Sanfuegos, I'm not saying he needs to be Galaxy coach today. No, but I would love for him to get a shot at at coaching Galaxy Two and coming up and coaching the first team. Unfortunately, I think Anolfo killed that path. For a while, mm-hmm. um, definitely. Th- there's not going to be another Galaxy. Mike Munoz is never going to come up and coach Galaxy, the the first team. Uh, you know, whoever's going to coach Galaxy two in the future is not going to come up and, and coach the first team. Never going to happen. I'm, I, you know, I'm well, hoping. I, I that, I'm say... hoping that there's going to be a enough of a cultural change, and it has to be a cultural change and right that's, now. And because, that's the difference. Yeah. Using Bobby's catchphrase, uh, that's the difference, Lewis, and that's That's the difference. Um, (laughs) There has to be enough of a cultural change within the Galaxy organization to allow for somebody like Mauricio Cienfuegos to come in and come up as a head coach. If we're talking about the Galaxy, yes. um, We're thinking more, or I'm thinking more, 
MLS, which translates into the national team. Because when you're saying, oh, look what Germany has done. Well, Germany is traditionally a world power. Before they got their their, their fourth title, they had three mm-hmm. previous ones. Sure. So it's not like they were newcomers. Yeah, you know? they're not plucky little Germany. Right, yeah. No, no, no. no. They, <laughs> they have already had, they've already had some sort of, you know, cultural uh, i mean but they had stagnated they had they were they were on the down uh, for a while if you look at their, for germany for, for, for germany right, exactly <laughs> if you look at their results they're still in the semifinals like every year i mean yeah. they, they they you know stumble but what we wouldn't give to be in the semifinal that's our next goal we need to reach the semifinals and we need to be getting into the final four consistently and we're not anywhere near that right now. If we do, it'll be, you know, it's one of those um, miracle runs. Well, hey, man, Los Angeles uh, 2028, right? Hey. <laughs> um, but, no, th- there's a difference between Germany that's already been a world power and the United States who are looking to become that. And granted that if you were to invest that much in youth, it would take 20 years. It would take a generation or two to see that, you know, happen. A lot of people believe that it probably we should probably be seeing some sort of result right now. A lot of people were thinking that 2014 oh, was 2010. It, what, I think is what the was it the, the it was, original goal was. Yeah, I think 2010 2014 was where we were supposed to at least be dark horses competing for a World Cup. Yeah, title. so um, that's not the case. But I'm talking, but, but but let me let me rein it back in. I'm talking about the galaxy, and I'm talking about. LA soccer culture. So one of the things that he also, uh, we also talked about was um, the Central Americans. The LA Galaxy has forgotten um, that there is soccer talent anywhere below Mexico. Um, that's sort of where this 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 organization has stopped looking. They don't they don't go to they don't scout in El Salvador. They don't scout in Guatemala. They don't scout in in um, Costa Rica or any of the other Central American or South America, even South America. Um, and, and according to, according to uh, one of the other people that was there, neither Pescadito has said the same thing about this, about this organization is like, they forgot their, what sort of made the galaxy popular here. And that's Central Americans. So, and a lot of those Central American fans are still there. They stuck with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's what I'll, I'll say about that. In one regards, I do think that this is a mistake from the Galaxy um, because, yeah, they don't scout anywhere um, anywhere south of Mexico. Like I said, it's including South America where the league has finally discovered, hey, there is a fucking gold mine down there. Um, the Galaxy, for whatever reason, has decided not to go into that gold mine. And they want to stick uh, to Europe, which is fine. You don't need, you know, a, a, a Hispanic player to be successful. You don't even need a big name to be successful. Allison Dreamy is, you know, the, the prime example of this season. Um, even Van Damme uh, last season. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't need a big name. You don't need um, necessarily to go down to South America. Um, however... To say that they've forgotten about Central America, here's where I kind of put my opinion here. Um, in right MLS 1.0, there were a lot of Central Americans. Yeah. 
a lot mm -hmm. across the entire league. Yeah. You don't see it as often anymore. And when you do, you're not seeing the Salvadorians, the Guatemalans. You're now seeing the Costa, the Costa Ricans, Ricans, the Panamanians, uh, the Panamanians, the, Jamaicans, you know, J Jamaicans. Yes. Uh, teams that have moved up, teams that can make the World Cup. Um, we mentioned before, El Salvador has not made a World Cup since 1982. It's the only time they've ever been there. Guatemala has never, ever qualified for a World Cup. So Stop rubbing in, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, that's right. You go twice for you, huh, Bobby? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. So, you know, in that sense, it's like, well, look, we're moving, you know, past MLS 1.0. And in 1.0, these Central American players probably were a difference maker. If you were maybe to put that same level of talent that you saw in 1.0 into now, they probably wouldn't be as effective. That's where I'm kind of going with that. Um, mm -hmm. That you're, you're probably better off looking in Europe than you are in Guatemala or Salvador, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be able to find that diamond in the rough. No, of course not. But um, it's a little bit more difficult to do because... and. I know the mentality where it's like, well, look, I'd rather, I personally would rather find a diamond in the rough in South America than Central America. And I would rather find a diamond in the rough in Europe than probably South America, just depending, you know, how good your scouts are. So, you know, th there's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. I don't think it's just, you need a Central mm -hmm. American player uh, as much as they it is. One. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. It, it's a little uh, on the fence for me as far as uh, that, that the, the league has evolved that the talent level is uh, definitely much higher. And the requirements to play in the league, where we were first starting, it's like, yeah, you know, come on, let's go, let's go, let's get this started yeah, like one way you, or the other. You, you can't, you actually have to scout now. You can't just say like, yeah, you're probably better simply because you are South American. And that probably mm -hmm. doesn't fly anymore. You probably right. have to find the right one. I'm so looking at you, solo. Andrew Shu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was it was nice to talk to, to Cienfuegos and hear his thoughts on on soccer, on development, uh, he's an interesting guy. He's a he's a wonderful guy. He always has time for his fans. So if you ever see him around the stadium, show him respect. Um, say hi to him. He'll take a picture with you, whatever you want. Uh, so I just want to say thank you to Mauricio and uh, to uh, to my buddy Edwin for uh, for for allowing me to uh, to come and hang out with those guys and uh, and you know be be within Galaxy greatness. All right, cool. Is, it, is that it? I think that's it. Sorry. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. This is LA is Our House Overtime Penalty Show. I'm here with David and Lewis saying goodbye. Bye. And Lewis walked away. Bye. <laughs> and this is Bobby. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.